Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Justin Foster and myself, Juan Kingsbury. Justin and I are really good friends who are always talking about everything under the sun, and we trust each other. We can say things that, frankly, would be embarrassing or misunderstood uh, in the public eye, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to say it and record it and let you decide if we're wrong. But we do ask that you consider it for yourself. The things that you believe in, the things that you uh, say you have conviction about, is there a chance that you might be wrong? We hope you enjoy our show. All right, mental health. It is... Something that Justin and I, we get to talk about all the time. We're not psychologists, but in our areas of work and just how our brains work, we, we discuss it, hence the mm-hmm. friendship. But I, I'm like, oh, other people don't do this all the time. You know, just like the disc assessment alone. I think everyone has already done it 40 times and they're so bored by it. But mm-hmm. then I'm reminded, no, Juan, like you have this really great tool that people have maybe not even heard of. And so there's disc and then there's mental health. Um mm-hmm. Let's start kind of open-ended. When did you start even realizing that your mental needed health? Um, I think that, so this is, uh, I I have to provide some context. Um, The first context was I, and we're close now and and, and have reconciled, but my mom suffered from pretty severe mental health issues as when I was a kid, my whole growing up. And, uh, so that frame, that frames something like for sure. Yeah. The second is being raised in fundamentalism and then the era of fundamentalism, Christian fundamentalism that I was in, um, going to therapy using antidepressants was seen as, um, maybe not, maybe not as, you know, the work of the devil, but it was like, you just didn't pray enough. You didn't pray enough. And now you're depressed. You should pray more. And then the depression will go away. So it really wasn't until I right after I turned 40 that I began to start to think about my mental health. And partially it's because right after I turned 40, I had a, a pretty much a, you know, a mental breakdown. And uh, as I came out of it, and one of the things I did is I started going to therapy and I realized how deeply wounded I was by my childhood. And I covered it up by just getting on with life and not realizing that un- it's emotional emotional wounds of any at, at any point like deep deep emotional wounds especially wounds brought on by physical violence um, um emotional wounds brought on by physical violence are like you know an untreated concussion um it's a like a head wound um for your mind yeah yeah and, and then i started getting in more and more into like okay um i'm all for like talk therapy is like an intro thing but to me, the two most useful mental health tools are your own mindfulness practice, learning to meditate, learning to be quiet, learning to be still, sitting in the seat of the observer and all that. Now, by no means does that cure necessarily deal directly with like, like, a, like, a, like a chronic mental health issue, like let's say schizophrenia or something like that. Um, you know, there is a t- at times a need for Western medicine. Um, sure. Um, the other aspect I have to it, of it is, is that I believe, I think the most effective form of therapy is psychotherapy 
because it's deep work. And there's a lot of like, in, it's like you see this maybe in coaching. There's a lot of like remedial, like surface level um, related to, okay, I'm going to go sit with my therapist or I'm going to sit with my coach and they're, we're going to talk about a behavior and then they're going to talk about the reasons why I have that behavior. I think, again, that's a fine starting point, but you got to go deeper. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, no, that's good. It's, and how, so the how, how I arrived at my opinions on the matter. No, no. And, and I think and this, I, I still see a therapist. I still talk to a therapist once a month. Um, and it's um, different every time, uh, not different therapists, but different conversation every time. And I learned that it's okay to talk to therapists, even if you don't have a problem. Yeah. You don't have to bring a problem. You just bring what you're feeling. Yeah. And I, I feel, or not feel, um, that you know, you you had, okay, I'll, I'll not do it justice, but I'll keep it simple. You had a hard life, and there were you didn't have the resources to deal with it, and and now through what you described, you you do, and now the the real work has has continued or, or started, and um, I, for lack of a better term, had had an easy life. Um, I have parents who loved me, and it wasn't perfect, but um, I was like, I never thought do I need help on certain things? If anything, I'm like, I'm lazy. I, you know, I kind of wanted to be, Oh, Juan's dyslexic. That's going to explain why you know, I, I wanted there to be a, a, an issue. And I get introduced to, um, personality assessments and coaching. And I kind of get this, the pseudo entry of like, Hey, you can be your best self and blah, blah, blah. And I liked it. You know, I earn a living from it still today, but then we, we join or join, we, we meet up and we get to have all these different conversations and, Mm -hmm. I'm super lucky that there's, I get all these different versions, but it really wasn't until, um, I, uh, decided, started getting that itch of wanting to leave my, my company and start my own business, or at least not work there. It was really, I'm running away from something versus towards something. And I'm like, Oh, all these old thoughts that I, I see myself as a C student. I'm this is, is more about performance. And, you know, we've been, pretty good friends now for almost 10 years, maybe mm-hmm. eight, something, something like that, like eight that. to 10. Yeah, eight to 10 years, somewhere now. And then I realized, oh, they're connected. There's on this, this spectrum. Like no one, everyone's been through something. So when I say you had hard, I had easy, that's subjective. And, you know, I grew up, my, my father's bipolar. Um, everyone has something that they maybe didn't have directly, but they were impacted, affected. Um, and, and the reason I wanted to talk about this, should have said it way earlier, is Oh, I think there's a lot of people who are more like in my camp who think I'm I'm okay. You know, I'm just not as motivated or whatever. Well, during COVID, during a pandemic, you're not okay. Unless you are actively working on these things, you are going to get sucked into the quicksand. And as someone who deals with this stuff professionally, I keep getting sucked into this quicksand. You know, you said on the last one, you know, you're being funny. Like, yeah, I practicing things a little luck a little whatever so i just want to discuss it openly of like like what the hell is mental health today and i think one of the first big things it's way more accepted first of all where before it was the devil Mm -hmm. um so let's start there like why do you think it was that like why why was it well i mean the, the 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 christian fundamentalism view or the or the you know orthodox view in some cases too was that it's based off of a, the doctrine that, that you are inherently flawed, the concept of original sin. So um, that your flesh, as it's, as it's sometimes referred to in those circles, is um, going to make you go to hell if you don't, you know, surrender, give, you know, give your life to Jesus, you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. 
And um, so I think there's that. I think that there, um, I think that this is another thing too, is that there's a, there was a, there was a, there was a common thing that happened in, at least in the church I grew up in, which is if somebody actually did go work on their mental health, they were very likely to leave the church. Uh, they're very likely to go, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to be married to this asshole that beats me and then sits in church on Sunday, or I don't have to, um, I don't have to suppress all of my humanity in order to please God. And because when you start to work on your mental health, you, you start to realize about how much of your life is in, has been an illusion. And yeah. you start to realize of how many people have benefited from you staying in that illusion. Yeah. Um, and so I think those are, those are just, again, yeah. my experience and my observation. Yeah. Um, no, I that, think, that makes I sense. Think one is that I think, um, like it, 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 I think there's a secular view of this too, which is that, uh, mental health is only for crazy people, which sounds simple, simplistic, but I think that was like this thing is like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm functional, you know? Yeah. That, that, that was me. I'm, I don't want to drown my kids in the bathtub. Yeah. You know, I'm good. You know, I, want to, I don't want to go shoot up, a, you know, a, a my office cause I got fired. Yeah. But mental health is for everyone. Like you said, it's like, it's, um, it's, it's like saying that it's like that our mind is like the lint trap in the dryer. And, and, you know, eventually it becomes dangerous because it's a combustible. Yeah. Um, well, and it, you have to clean that out. It's, and, and that's, yeah. And no one, no one shows you how to do it. And, and uh, the irony, and, and, you know, it's, well, I won't say too much, but my, my dad is eventually, like, maybe I didn't learn it in the moment, but as an adult, I understood how to treat people, not even, I wouldn't even say better, but more tactfully. Because I could kind of read like, oh, they're this this way. That's like I, I empathy. I he he indirectly taught me empathy, and I think he, um, because he you know his what do you call it hormones or whatever just things swing out of whack. Um, but yeah, me being like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need this. But it's it's kind of like with with COVID right now, you know, or months ago when it started. Like you know, now is the time to drink alcohol and binge and just you know hide from the world. Well it's also might be a time to be healthy because you could get sick and you want your body to be like mm-hmm. mental health. It, you know, we, we see it with athletes, you know, uh, Kobe or, or Tom Brady. And, and then we see it with the, the PTSD and, and the, the abuse. It's like, it's one, you're either a Olympic champion or you're a broken individual. And it's like, no, you or not. No, our brains have always been around. And our mm-hmm. minds are great computers that are sometimes processing the wrong things. Right. And no yeah. one teaches you how to open your tabs. I remember one time I took my Mac and it was running slow. They like get a little pinwheel. Yeah. And it, it, they had just made the software. I don't know if you use the multiple windows where you could have like you slide it. Uh-huh. And yeah, sure. the guy opens it up. He's like, oh, well, you need to close your apps. And I'm like, what? And there's just like 12. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, and so, you know, I know computers or at least, but that's our brain. I don't think we realize like we have, like you were still dealing with your mom or the church or the this. And so there's these resources that help you. Um, yeah. And I think it's, everyone should explore that um, right. faith because or not. Here's, here's the, here, and, 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 and you can have, it's almost like choose your own adventure related to mental health is these are things that will produce mental health issues. One is actual like psychological disorders like schizophrenia, 
bipolar disorder, manic depressive, um, things like that. Those are, those are dangerous because they often with, when they're untreated, you become destructive, you become self-destructive and others destructive. That's number one. The second is untreated emotional or deep wounds. Now this is the, this is my caveat to this. Um, your, um, your, your high school football coach being mean to you was not an emotional wound. It was maybe a bruise. Your high school football coach, you know, touching you inappropriately in the bathroom, that's, that is an emotional wound. And um, the guys that wrote uh, The Coddling of the American Mind really dig into this. Like, we have to have some discernment about between what's an emotional wound and what's like, just like it. we got an owie. Um, yeah. It's like in sports, the difference between yeah. being hurt and being injured. Um, being hurt, you got to rub some dirt on and get back out there. Being injured, you got to take yourself off the sideline. So there's there's that element. Emotional wounds is number two. Number three is the mind itself is a collector of information and it gets clogged up. And this is where mindfulness comes in. Um, this is where some of these things where you have to, it's, it's, it is like closing your tabs or cleaning out your dryer lint or uh, your lint trap in your dryer or whatever metaphor you want to use is that there's a buildup of sludge in the mind that if you have those other two issues or three issues, makes it way worse yeah you're, yeah molotov cocktail you know because I, I was yeah. just thinking you have the sludge and what do we do is we consume usually alcohol or if not drugs we do yeah. something that ends up festering with it and yes. we might purge the next day but it's still there and yeah. it starts to be a part like, so actually go back to the owie or to the coach you know be I think that ends up becoming a bigger thing that the coach yeah. moment wasn't, but no one taught you how to get over it or, or deal right. with it and realize, you know what, the guy's a, uh, you know, he's, he's yeah. your coach. He's not a real coach. <laughs> he's a yeah. high school yeah. coach. Yeah. Um, and not, not this I'm, shit. I'm not dissing high school coach, <laughs> but my point like, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, right. that I think we end up, I heard someone else say like, everyone has PTSD that you not necessarily to the yeah. same degree, but like you've had this moment that you forgot about. And it has become this thing in your psyche that you don't even know why it's there, but it could right. go away, but you don't know how to un unravel it. And I think that's, yeah. that's my, my kind of doing this episode of like, let's talk about it. But I encourage people, wh whether it be meditation, prayer, uh, practice is like, find a way to, what do they call it? A uh, defrag your brain. You are hung up. You are focused on so much stuff that steals your energy because you give it, because it seems right. interesting. But the truth is, going back to you and your business of, of, of you know, making cool shit and, and having a brand that's worth worth something, um, I think we all want to create, but if you're just hung up on, on the shit that happened years ago, it's really going to get in the way. Yeah. Or you're not hung up on it and you should be a little bit. You should be. Yeah. You're ignoring it. Yeah. That's a good you point. Ignored it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think those are factors in there. I think that another factor related to um related to ment you know this, this kind of this topic of mental health is um if you if you have a mindfulness practice a mindfulness practice some of the benefits of it are you start to realize your thoughts and feelings are not you you start to realize something that uh, jordan peterson who is a psychotherapist uh by trade said which is uh, most of us don't think we remember yeah. And so we recall like the time we were slighted and, and then what happens is you start to see your narratives 
then you start to see how your narratives, these narrative loops, yeah, um, they start to feed an illusion. And I'll give a very specific example that I have broken through most of the time, unless I'm really tired, is I had created a narrative that facial expressions to key off of facial expressions about how someone's feeling about me. And in my closest relationships for years, I've looked at, fa- at the face and I've made a narrative, which is, oh, they're upset with me. And then because I'm a D in the disc and an eight in the Enneagram, then I'll either want to fight them. Yeah. And they'll be like, what is wrong? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And well, you have this look on your face. Well, that's a small thing. And that's just a human dynamic. It's biological to look at, you know, facial cues and everything. Mm-hmm. That's not the issue. The issue is my narrative was completely wrong. It had created a false reality. Yeah. And, and. And again, it goes back to this mental health is operating within a false reality. I mean, a mental illness is operating within a false reality. That's what paranoia is. Um, that's what addiction is. That's what to a previous episode, conspiracy theories are, or being an extremist or being overly religious. They're all operating in a false reality and clean mental, having a clean and you know, Robust mental health practice is operating with, with what is in the current reality, even the stuff that sucks. Yeah. That's the whole lesson of like stoic yeah. Buddhism, stoicism and things like yeah. that, which is there are things in life that suck. Cancer sucks. You know, um, losing your job sucks. Um, you know, like those are things, they're real and they're painful. But if you're living in an alternative reality in that process, you are, you're making it worse. Yeah. Well, and, and to, to throw not a loop, depending on your perspective and faith, but like me a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, now I understand prayer and your relationship with, with a higher power, specifically Jesus or whoever it is that, what, you know, the whole Jesus take the wheel. And mm-hmm. so you talk about like false realities, illusion. And, you know, some people are like, well, you're, you're praying to something that's not there or they can't see. But I realized, oh, by giving up the rest, and me just focusing on what I can focus on. It's like, I, I remember when I first learned how to drive, I took the defensive driving and I was moving my wheel a little too much. And the guy's like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, right in front of me. He's like, no, you need to look to where you're going. And you know, he's like, yeah, you got to keep your peripheral in case a kid runs out. But all of a sudden I drove a lot smoother. And I realized, oh, that's what faith, or like you said, stoicism, they, they teach you to like focus on the thing that you can actually control and give up the rest. And so it's like, there's this, paradox of of i think there's so many of us who are what no i'm sorry the narrative loop immediately i thought of the news and so you have the you have your own cnn fox news in your brain and then you have the actual stuff out there on top of social media um and now you're stuck at home or now you're unemployed or now the immigrants have taken your job or now you know the the white man's holding you down and That's what I realize, and and I'm still going through it. You know, I'm hoping I'll ride this way for a, a while, of of being positive and and or I didn't even say positive, being myself, r- welcoming shitty things and dealing with them because I want to live an adventurous life. But the the story I tell myself is, yeah. oh, you're lucky, you're a C student, you're this, you're that, and it's like that's not what everyone else thinks and not that I need to think what Justin thinks, but yeah, yeah, the other day you called me, I'm, you know, I forget how you said it, but a little tough love. And even though I agreed or, or I, I knew how you were saying it, I, 
it was like my TV station in my head was louder than the one you were telling me, mm-hmm. you know, but um, we tell ourselves a lot of lies, I think. That, we do, we tell, yeah, we do tell ourselves a lot of lies. And that, again, it's a human, it's a human trait. It's all about like the, the, the mind, the ego mind, just scrambling constantly to make, to bring order and meaning to things um, and to keep us alive and all this. And um, I think too, is, um, is it, it goes into a type of discernment. Um, so, um, you have to, there's a couple of ways to discern that I've noticed. And first discernment is saying, I feel depressed, not I am depressed. Yeah. Um, It's a big difference because if it's a feeling, it's like a weather pattern. Sometimes it it passes. Sometimes it's circumstantial. Sometimes, you know, maybe you're calling it depression when it's really grief. Um, and because I think we grieve over like lost expectations. We grieve over like, you know. I, there's a, I'm allowing ourselves to grieve. Like there's a grief for me, some grief for me that, um, you know, next month when my grandson is born, I'm not going to get to see Logan and Sarah and the baby mm-hmm. until they get home from the hospital. Yeah. Um, and even then it may need to be social distancing. So there's a grief to that and that's okay. And that's healthy. Um, I, so I think that's one area of discernment. I think the other area of discernment is looking at your behavior. And there's a term in psychology that's used pretty you know, regularly now, which is cognitive dissonance, which is with what you, when, what you say you believe is out of alignment with your actual behavior. And examining, and this is where CBT, this is uh, cognitive behavior therapy comes in, examining a behavior and looking at it and going, oh, this inconsistency is an indicator of something going on inside of me where I'm detached from reality. Um, and I think that's a discernment thing as well. And it doesn't mean, this isn't about moral purity or about like perfectionism or any of that stuff. It just means understanding that your behavior is an, an indicator. Your behavior is always an indicator of what's going on inside of you. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, we, everyone's heard the term mind, body, soul, and you know, we've got to work on those three things. And, eh. mm-hmm. But if you're really trying to be the best version of yourself, you're like, yeah, of course I want to work on my, my body. You know, if you're an athlete or whatever, um, we kind of do our mind, but more from an intellectual, actually going call back to a conspiracy. I think that's also one of the problems of the intellectual person is it's all data and it's not empathetic towards the people who don't want to swallow your, your medicine or your, your vegetables. Um, uh-huh. Having a good mind is, is being able to being emotionally intelligent. It's not, you know, we, it's so funny how we, or no, we, but on social, it's like you need EQ not, uh, better than IQ, and yet we still lean on, look at these facts, as opposed to, hey, how do I deliver this message? But then the soul part, um, which, you know, debatable, I think sometimes people say soul or spirit or whatever it is, but I'm like, oh, there's this energy source that no one really knows what it is. You know, I think right. someone had a movie about seven ounces when you die, it, you know, <laughs> your body loses, but right. it's they're all connected. And mm-hmm. if you have an upset stomach, those two things, you know, can, can like one, if, if I have, I'll be real disgusting here, but like diarrhea, you know, my brain is going to be like, oh my fuck. But if all of a sudden my loved one, something happens that that soul is going to overtake and be like, you can, you can deal with this yeah. shit later, literally. Yeah. Um, and just realizing that there is a dance, there is a harmony and sometimes things get out of whack and no amount of book reading or, or exercise or whatever is gonna put keep them you know you i think that's why we like working out because you get that runner's high and things kind of fall into sync but then it, it goes away um and so anyway you, you started out pretty heavy which is good you know you've, you've shared so much i've learned 
just from hearing you. Um, but I realized, oh, there's so much stuff that I believe that, that holds me back. And, you know, I might not see ghosts or, or hear voices, but mental health is a very broad term. And if you're wanting to be someone who can move through this life and not re- live a life that's worth living, I think mental health is, is exactly where you start. Like, why, why do you have a nine to five? Why do you think you need a house or why do you think you don't or whatever? Like, I think at the end of the day, everyone needs to define what mental health is for themselves. And if they think they're healthy, but they're not, they don't like their partner. They don't like their job. They don't like their circumstances. There's work to be done and no one should tell you what to do, but there are a lot of options out there. So, you know, as I often do, I communicate in threes. I don't know why it's always been that way, but there are three things that come to mind as you were talking about, about this, like, well, why do I need good mental health? Or what's the point? Well, the first is resilience. Every, you know, it's the Tyson quote. Everyone has a yes. plan until they get punched in the face. Yes. Um, there's a great book on this by Mark, De- Mark Devine, a former Navy SEAL um, called Unbeatable Mind. It's about resilience. And there's more David Goggins and you can't, can't hurt me and Jocko Willick's uh, stuff. And there's plenty of stuff out there. Grit by Angela Duckworth to show that having a, having some mental resilience and being able to take a punch is um, it's sort of like if you're injury prone as you could be super athletic and be injury prone. So you have to take care of your body. Um, And the same thing goes with your mind. Our, our minds are sort of naturally injury prone, so we have to take care of them and make them resilient, make them stretchy, and be able to you know take stress. So that's one. The second is spirit. Like a, there's a, an understanding, um, and I think this is the key that I say to people all the time because you know I'm pretty vocal or open about being a person of faith. You know I believe in God. Now I don't believe in the same God that Ted Cruz does. I don't think, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I believe in God. And I believe as a Christian, I believe in Jesus as this being. And we can, that's a whole other episode. Th- those, those have nothing to do directly with your soul. You can understand that you have a soul to your point yeah. about being trichotomous of mind, body, soul. Yeah. You can understand you have a soul without believing in anything. And all it is is the mystery. It's not everything comes out of you. Not everything can be explained with um, hard science or psychological or you know soft science is Actually, some things unexplainable. Oh, totally and interrupt you but i think that's the key right. no it can't be and you don't accept other people's broad strokes about i think good stuff but for yourself no one can tell you how to feel no one right. no one knows how you feel and that's that's one of the things i i experience when i when i do coaching is like oh these people don't even know how to articulate hell when i talk to you sometimes i'm like why is he still on the phone with me? I've rambled so much, you know, but other things can explain it. You need to figure, or no, you get to figure it out for yourself or at least have faith in yourself. But you, you mentioned the three things, cheap plug here, survive, save, and serve the reasons that we work. We have yeah. to get those in sync. We, at the end of the day, we, we need food, water, shelter, Wi-Fi, whatever it is, basic stuff. We want to save, we want to build shit, consume or, or, or acquire things so we can you know throw parties or have babies which congrats by the way that's awesome um grandpa that's crazy you don't look like grandpa um but then we all do to your point to your practice want to serve and, and and make stuff create things worth creating take risk fail etc but if you're out of whack one of those things is probably off you know right. and 
and and that goes to like the third thing here with to me why we need mental illness is that you have to learn to love your dark side you know uh, paraphrasing carl jung he says he said um until you learn to love your dark side um it will um it will direct your life and you'll call it fate and mm. that loops back to yeah conspiracy again too yeah and and so let's just call it having a clear mind being rational being of sound mind and body that whole concept and the way I like to look at it is just simply grounded in reality. You're like, yeah, that sucks. This this thing sucks or this thing's awesome. And you see the proper value of things and you you experience all of the range of emotions um, according to a healthy person. Um, and you're able to operate in life with a level of what I call functional happiness. Now, maybe not spiritual happiness like joy or elation, but functional happiness where your when you're when you don't work on your mental health, your mind is programmed by nature to see the negative first. Yeah, and if you don't, if, if you don't do some work, do the work, have the practice to of what what is sometimes called reframing um, or breaking the narrative. If you don't do that, your dark side combined with your mind's ability or deep ability to put things through a negative light will guide your life and you'll call it fate. Yeah. Um, and, uh. and, and I think, I think where people get lost in this is they think that mental health is just about like, um, a, an emotional wound or just about like a symptom. Like yeah. A yeah. And I, I, I know I did. And yeah. then I realized yeah. like, Oh, wait, I'll be, I'll be greedy and then silly. I realized, Oh, I waste so much energy up here and where it really, I, I leapt up and kind of rediscovered a, a relationship with, with Christianity and, and understanding. And you've been a great resource for that. I was like, it was great. I was like, I wanted to sleep better. I wanted to optimize my brain. And frankly, I haven't done that great, but I realized I'm like, Oh, I'm wasting so much gasoline or fuel on these things that would you, would you say I'm, I'm giving them more value or the wrong value or, or just too much attention. And so the more I had this better understanding of my brain, the more I ex explored my, 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 my soul, my spirit, whatever it was, or just realized like, Oh, th those are different. Those are different. You know, the, the, the brain energy versus this, this love I have for my parents, my friends, or hell, even just looking at that tree is, is, is a different thing versus my body, but they're all in a loop. And, what you, you said earlier, way earlier, that I think is huge that I still need, I'm working on. I feel a lot of ways. I'm not, I'm never those things. I, I'm not, I am not my hunger. I feel hungry and just mm -hmm. delineate. I was like, that gave me back so much control over, well, why am I hungry? Why did I do this? Why did I choose to eat, you know, what you say, cereal earlier? Um, but that, so for me, I, I got into it because I was great. You had some real stuff to deal with. I originally got interested because I was an entrepreneur working for myself and mm -hmm. I'm like, how do I not, um, how do I stay sharp? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, um, that I think we do have in common very, we have a lot of things in common, but is that when you're, when your mental health isn't, when you're not, when you're not mentally fit, you will devalue yourself. It's um, it, you'll devalue yourself. Oh, you go the other way. You'll be Uncle Rico. Or yes. Donald Trump. And yeah. You think, you, you think you're, you're, you know, like, like, ama like amazing when, you know, Hey, you, your soul is amazing, but the rest of you 
you're kind of a piece of shit, <laughs> you know? Uh, and yeah. so, um, so the, that, but that, that they, that's the reality part of the three things I mentioned is if you're not grounded in reality, you cannot place proper value on things. And there, and the first thing you won't place proper value on is yourself, your own worth. Yeah. Well, this is what, this is what, when Jesus talked about the pearl of great price, I think that pearl is seeing our actual worth, our pricelessness. Yeah. Um, and it goes to a prayer that I have and I, and I, I try to pray this every day, but I certainly just have like this, like this constant prayer that I wish that everyone in the world could see what God sees when they, in them for 30 seconds, you know, assuming that let's assume there is a God for the sake of this. Imagine what it would do to your own psyche to know what the truth of you was. And here's the cool thing about this. When you, when you kind of blend mental health with mindfulness and soul work is that mindfulness will help you see the pearl. I, that's why people that are mentally fit are also almost always spiritually fit. Um, there's a correlation there and often they're physically fit yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Because you left your body, your body's a temple and all that. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing exploring Christianity was, you know, because I grew up Catholic and hated it. And um, not because of it, I just, the way it was presented, I'm like, oh, I don't want this. Uh, and then I got the choice and I had to take it. But I was like, oh, everyone misses this step to feel love from this amazing benevolent force or in some mm -hmm. versions of it anyway <laughs> and i was like but they go do everything else but if you miss this step you're you've tainted everything you know good, good or bad and bring it back down to level like when i first saw uh courtney my wife when i was like oh she doesn't really know what she's great at at work and i'm so impressed and so when she does it but she doesn't hear like she she needs to figure that out for herself and I can kind of help her, but I realized also trying to tell her wasn't the best way. I might have felt good because I'm a big talker and I lecture, but she had to go through that on her own. Um, yeah. And I'd be there, but that that self worth, self sense of self or self value is key. And I think a lot of people can be quote unquote successful, and hell, they are with very low self value. They, they can right. make money. They can, they can get, you know, you look at the, the actors or the athletes, um, mm -hmm. when, when the, the applause is over, you know, that's when you, you hear the tragic stories. Um, but going back to oh, the silly, forget what you had said. Oh, three, uh, same here. There's three, actually behind me is my, my legend of Zelda is the Triforce. It's, it's just made up stuff, but I've noticed over the time, I'm like, and you actually, you said this and I was so happy when you said it, you're like most, I forget what the religion you didn't say religion but you really like they're all 80 percent about the same there, there's all this overlap the big difference with christianity is that you have the the, the yeah. dude jesus christ and i'm like growing up I always loved um video games or zelda martial arts and there's very similar patterns and i'm like well i'm being a fool if i'm gonna ignore all of it it's one thing if i got beef with catholicism but Master Splinter from the Ninja Turtles tells them to meditate. And I'm like, why does it keep popping up everywhere? And and I keep ignoring it. And I like these things. And there's something to wisdom, power, courage, etc. So I just, it is a self-guided journey. But I think going back to the very beginning, we either relegate it to the superior athlete or the 
yeah. the PTSD we person. That, we, we think, yeah, we think that um, mental health, uh, like mental fitness is like, well, they're born that way. Um, yeah. We don't, we don't know. Like, I don't know, like watching the last dance, you know, the bulls last season, that yeah. whole thing, you know, Jordan, Jordan was an example of, of, you know, maybe, um, a bit Machiavellian, a bit Robert green, a bit like yeah. the ends justify the means. Yeah. Um, but he was also a person that in that show show in the, in the documentary showed emotion uh, and a nice range of emotional health. And then the things he had to overcome dirt along the way. Um, you know, like the death of his father as an example. Um, and so what I think is, as, as, and it kind of goes to this thing, and I'll probably write about this at some point, which is um, mental, without mental, mental fitness, the sum of your achievements will always be more valuable to, you than the, the valuable to you than the sum of your character. And so you will either go the sum of my achievements or I haven't done anything and I'm a piece of shit and yeah. I, my life is a mess and I'm, I'm depressed and I'm going to, you know, um, you know, you think about the number of poor people that smoke or take drugs or drink. It's like, you know, what part that's cognitive dissonance. Like, well, if you did not spend that money and it's easy to judge and I'm not judging cause I'm sure I've been poor. Yeah. I've never been an addict, but I've been poor as hell. Yeah. Um, but it's that similar cognitive dissonance of of um, how they why, why, where that where the thought process is. I just want to feel better right now, and and um, so that's that's on one end of it. And I think on the other end of this is um, the idea that I haven't been wounded. I don't. Th- I had a good childhood. Here's the wound, and I've seen this with friends. You, it seems as if life does one of two things you either are wounded by uncertainty so violence and and wondering if you're loved or not feeling safe and a lot of the things that you know i experienced as a kid that's a, being wounded with uncertainty and that sucks that hurts and you have to you have to deal with it but you know what equally sucks and equally hurts is being wounded with certainty to being told that this is how life is and i have and i had a good life and why don't i feel better about my life because i had a good life well, it's because you got to go find your own pearl. No one can tell you what you're worth. No one can tell you what they can't give you a plan and say, do this. And you're like any time in the history of humanity, has anyone ever given someone else a plan that they followed? And it was just made them so much happier. No, you've got to <laughs> work yourself. You've, yeah. got to, you've got to do that inner work yourself. And here's the thing about it. And I wrote about this in my last post um, or on amusing a couple weeks ago, which is, all the things that we need for inner work are free. Mindfulness is free. Hell, that you want a guided meditation. There's a shit ton of them on YouTube. They're free. Therapy's not free, but it's it's when it's all said and done, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, when it's all said, you know, when it's all said and done. But we have at at our resources avail things that are free, and it's always free to be quiet. It's always free to serve somebody. It's always free to. Um, sit and observe your thoughts that doesn't cost you anything financially and, that's a that's, a that's so that's a, that's that's all part of this like the sum of all this one is for me is this is you have to own your own shit yeah you have to take ownership over your own life regardless of what happened to you whether it was good bad or in between and you have and part of ownership is you have to own your own mental fitness yeah your own mental health no yeah. one else can own it for you yeah that's um 
would you, would you say the being quiet is free how'd you say it being quiet is free yeah, yeah. and no no one's really ever going to prompt you to do that <laughs> you know and i think that's yeah. why it's so special um but the the analogy within the era of covid once again just because I, I discovered this years ago but i was like just because i'm not sick doesn't mean i'm as healthy or i could feel as good as i could right. and i was like oh that's what western medicine insurance is they say it's about health but it really it's about like like a fire uh, unit is there to put out the fire not rebuild the roof right. and you know just because you don't have covid right now doesn't mean you're necessarily as healthy as you could be and that is a choice. No one's going to come and say, you know, go for the walk or do whatever. Um, but that that's why so many people like exercise because it frees up their brain. Um, and, you know, I'm someone who knows this and I still kind of I don't want to go for the walk. Um, but that you could be healthier. You could feel better. If you want to feel like a good person, um, work on your mental health and define it however you want. But just really, it's not you, you can't force it. You can't punch it. You can't. Um, you yeah. know, and, and it's this and, computer and box. No one, no one can make you feel anything. No one can make you feel anything. So, so if you want to feel happier, you're going to have to do something. Um, and there's another great book on this. It's a neuro, neuroscience, neuroplast book on neuroscience of happiness called Hardwiring Happiness is the name of the book. Highly recommend it for understanding that you, no one can make you feel anything. You, you no know, one can make you feel valuable or anything. You can be, you can get some affirmation. It's like you and I've talked about this. You can get some inspiration from someone else, but you can't get motivation from someone else because no one can make you do anything either. Um, and again, this goes back to business models and, and so, to some extent conspiracy theories, but business models in particular, the business model of you not owning your own shit is a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, watch this show, do this thing, have this distraction, buy this shiny thing. Yes. Well, oh, man. So we'll bring it full circle. And I kind of wish I had I'd led up to this because maybe more people would relate. But as, as we wrap here, I think that's why so many of us, myself included, get exhausted, even though I've, I've worked on my I've worked for myself for eight years we're overloaded with every choice we make every day is our own. Do you put on the mask? Do you not? Do you go to Home Depot? Do you don't? Do you did it? And like some people have never even used that muscle because it's like, I blame my boss for everything or the president for everything. And so that choice is exhausting. And you go back to a keyword own, own, you know, uh, owning your stuff is it, it's like it's carrying your own weight you know and and a lot of us aren't used to that and so now you're at home you don't like the temperature you don't like the this like it's all on you son um and i would also say one that it kind of made this is my final thought on this is well okay so when you get better everyone around you benefits i mean that's why you hire a coach and that's why you get the education and why you do the work across the board in any aspect of your life when you get better Everyone around you benefits. If you have mental, if you have a mental, if you don't have a mental health practice or a mental fitness practice, you're hurting other people because you're going to be unconscious of it. You're, you're going to be distracted. You're going to be extrinsic. You're going to be impulsive or reactive. When you, when you don't have mental fitness, you are in defensive posture 
and you are going to hurt other people through by ignoring them, by, by seeing them as abstract. And so my thing for anybody that's listening is the mental health is not really only about you. Your mental health is that do you want to make, do you want to show up in life as a leader? Do you want to be a good leader, even if it's just in your with yourself in your home? Yeah. If you want to make an impact on society, if you want to do something good, if you want to have that accounting at the end of your life, that as Mary Oliver said, what are you going to do with this one precious life? You are not, you, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to get where you're going to be without a mental, where, where you could be without a mental, without mental fitness and understanding that it's, it's that when you're mentally fit, you're going to see people and love people like you never would have been able to do before. Yeah. I'll piggyback on the shortly. Like if you, for me, it's one, do you want to judge every time you see a MAGA hat or every time you see an extreme liberal person, or would you like to spend more time loving? And I realize loving is different than like, Oh, it's Justin. I get to talk to him, but it's just like that person's yeah. hilarious, even though they're destroying the world. Um, you know, it, it, and it's a choice. It's like you yeah. mental health is, do you want to spend more time loving your experience, the world, your fellow person or judging? And it's a choice um, that, is only for you to make and, and you got to deal with it um and just right right now i was like oh no i, I every time i ask someone how you doing i'm okay it's like we're all liars <laughs> like you know let's see here we, we we actually say and you know not everyone's ready for that but this is a good one i, I we could probably do three more on on the topic yeah thanks you got it